Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Financial Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host, and I'm also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And today, I am very excited to be doing a follow-up with one of our guests from last year, Ashley. And Ashley was on literally almost exactly 12 months ago. We were like, I think, like a week away or two weeks away, because it's almost your birthday, and who just yep. turned 26, and so you're about to turn 27, so happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back because for those that didn't listen, um, you can find her original episode. Um, if you go back, uh, we we aired it in, I believe we aired you in August. And um, the tagline, which I thought was incredible, and you're probably, I think, the only person that we've had on that negotiated such a large increase, but you had negotiated a $25,000 raise for yourself. Yes, I had. Which and is she on the, that front as well. So excited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll give a little background. So you were working when we talked last year for a nonprofit. You were living in New Jersey with your parents so you could save some money, but working in New York City at a nonprofit, you had just gotten that huge increase that you negotiated for yourself. So you were making 80000 You had just turned 26, no student loan debt. Um, I found it really, um, I don't, I want to say funny, but. I was very happy that you were saving for your best friend's wedding, but we could, you know, you couldn't tell her because she didn't know she was getting married yet, which is why it was funny uh, because you were already saving for her wedding and she was unaware that the wedding was happening. Um, so you had a bunch of savings goals. So I'm really interested to see how things are going now. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. I can give an update on my best friend. Um, she got engaged in March of this year. I was actually be physically present, but because of everything that happened with COVID-19, I wasn't able to be there, but um, super happy that she got engaged. I finally shared the podcast with her. <laughs> and she was amazed. That's terrible. Um, yeah, so still saving, still got a savings account for that wedding, which at this point probably won't be until 2021. So we've okay. got time. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to share some updates. I guess I can start with my salary if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And are you, yes, are you still at the nonprofit? Um, how has it been working through COVID? Yes. Um, so I'm not still at the same nonprofit that I was working at previously. I am now working um, for a philanthropic foundation in New York City, um, but doing very similar work. 
I officially transitioned into my role on January 1st. Um, and with that transition, I was able to negotiate a $10,000 salary increase. So my salary is now $90,000 per year. Crushing um, it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a year of exponential growth salary-wise. Um, yeah. January 1st, 2019, when I was making $55,000 to January 1st, 2020, um, where I almost had doubled my salary. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, so fantastic. And so rare. And I really feel like you, you've done such a good job doing your research and advocating for yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm still working in New York City, or at least I was before um, everything sort of shut down. But for the past three months or so, I've been working remotely in New Jersey. I am still living with my parents and actually was supposed to be moving into my own apartment um, in May. But because of everything that happened, the tenants that were supposed to be moving out didn't. And I ended up pushing my move-in date back to August of this year. Um, okay. My impetus for moving was to have a shorter commute. My commute was two hours one way. Um, so that was starting to really yeah. wear on me. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, that's four hours a day. And for people who don't know, it is a tough commute because it is a very busy commute. It is. It is very much so. Um, so yeah, we'll sort of, I'm sort of playing things by ear right now. Um, one of my goals that I spoke with you about last year was to be able to save up for my apartment. So I was able to do that. I saved about $6,600 for like down, um, not a down payment, but you know, initial yep. deposit and move in costs and such. And so, um, I did pay about $3,500 to hold an apartment for myself for that August move in, um, okay. and we'll see what things look like by August, if it feels safe to move, if I'm back in the office by then, um, and go from there. But until then, I am still keeping on with my savings goals. Good. Yeah. I was, I, in my head, I was like, well, maybe she's going to save more now. <laughs> I am. That's the plan. I'm, I'm secretly relieved <laughs> um, because I have so much that I want to save for, as always. Yes, yeah, so I believe we had seven savings goals, one of which was fun, but it sounds like this one might possibly also be postponed because you had wanted to do a trip with your mom to Australia. Yes, that's correct. Um, I still do want to take that trip. I'm looking at late 2021, possibly early 2022. Okay. Um, but now I have, I don't remember how much I had saved towards that goal, if anything, when we spoke, but I currently have um, $5,443. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I know that um, by the time we get around to taking it, I hope to be able to fully fund the trip with our flights and, you know, excursion expenses, accommodation and everything. Yeah. And that I, we talked a little bit offline, but that'll be like such a nice treat for your mom, especially because she was on the front lines during COVID. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. And 5,000 is a good, is a, like a good chunk of change that you have for that. It I is. feel like. You could probably, depending on where, the flights are the most expensive, so two flights could run you about 2500 maybe a little bit more, but you should, you're probably pretty close to having that fully funded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty Are you shooting close. for like 7000 or six sixty five hundred? Yeah, I'm shooting for about 7500 probably. Okay. Um, I think I want the trip to be more than just Australia. So I'm thinking like 10 days to two weeks and maybe like way over in Southeast Asia and then Australia. So I want to have just a little bit more buffer room. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because if you don't use it, you can just put it towards, you can roll it into one of your other savings. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, great. And then, so, okay. So then um, one of them was a trip. Another one, you had the wedding fund because your best friend was getting engaged and it was going to be an international wedding and you had grad school. So where are we with some of the other, other goals? And then side note, cause I'm just curious. Um, sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions, but what about the savings plan at your new job too? Yeah, we can talk about all of those things. Um, So in terms of my other savings goals, I'm still saving for my best friend's wedding, as I mentioned. Right now, I'm doing about $175 per month because the wedding is going to be in late 2021. It will be um, an international destination wedding. Um, My friend also lives outside of the United States. Where are you thinking it's going to be? It's going to be in Malta. Oh, wow. It is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so I've never been before. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I'm slowly saving up for that. I did use some of the money that I had saved in that goal, um, for the flight that I purchased to be with her during the engagement, um, and ended up just taking a credit for that flight instead of getting the money back, because I know that I'm going to have to go abroad again at some point in time between now and the wedding. Okay. Yeah. Because they were very generous, which I think they should have been with the flights that you can get a credit and not have a change fee and all that. Exactly. Because of exactly. The COVID. Yeah. So I've got about $775 in that wedding fund. Um, okay. And I'm looking to get to about 2000 And I anticipate that that will cover flights, anything that I need to do to prep for the wedding, like a dress um, and also a gift for the couple. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, and then how is, what, what is the thought on grad school? Yeah. So um, last time we talked, I was thinking about business school um, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about applying this fall to start next fall. And just with everything that's going on right now, I'm thinking more about applying next fall. So fall 2021 to potentially start in the fall of 2022. Um, I think that'll give me a little bit more buffer room to save up. Um, And also I like the security of having a job right now. (laughs) And I also am just curious to see like what the trends look like with business school. You know, it was something that I was still thinking about and not yet sold on. So, um, and it was interesting to see what happens with tuition because I I did read some articles with people saying, you know, for what they're paying, they don't feel like they're getting the same value out of a Zoom as they would have in an in person class. Exactly. Um, So yeah, I think I think that's smart to delay that and just kind of see how this all plays out. Um, maybe it would be something that would be a bit more affordable because, you know, an MBA program can be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for now, I've got $1,700 in that account. Um, at the top of 2020, it was one of my 2020 goals to prioritize saving for grad school, but mm-hmm. that has been deprioritized now. So I'm not actively contributing to that fund at the moment. Um, okay. I've got the money there. And these are all this, all this money is in a high yield savings account. Yes. Thank you for, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. And the nice thing about some of these high yield savings accounts, and I believe this is what you do is you can break it out by savings goals. So you have, it's all within the same institution, but you have everything labeled so that you can kind of visualize what you're saving for. Exactly. So I've still got those seven accounts. They're all separate, but the money's all there. Perfect. Yeah. I think it's nice to break it out. I, I don't have seven 
two, but I have two at two different institutions. So I guess that's four, um, but broken out by goals because I like to see like what I'm saving for rather than having it like all lumped in together, but either way works as long as you're doing it. Absolutely. Um, so then, so yeah. So tell me about your, your new job, your new philanthropic position. Yeah. So in this job, I am contributing to a workplace retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm contributing 15% of my pre-tax salary. Which I love it. You're such a good saver. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, so right now I've got 5,000, one second. $5,401 in that account. Um, and I was only able to start contributing in March of this year. So that's just with three paychecks. Um, 3600 of that is pre-tax money that I've put in. And then 1800 is from an employer match. And it's not 100% vested. Um, my contribution is 100% vested, but my company match won't be vested 100% until I have been with the company for three years. Okay, so it's 100% after three years, so it's probably what, like a third, a third, a third? Yes. Okay. And then what percentage are they matching? I mean, we can do the math. But... Um, they are matching up to 7.5%. That is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, is it 50% of up to? Yeah, I think it's 50% up to 7.5%. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I get is 7.5%, but it's like yes. 50% up to 15%. Yes, that's how, that's when I worked at Bloomberg, that was what their match is. It's a confusing way to state it because they could just state 7.5, but you have to do 15% to get the 7.5. Precisely. So that's essentially what I'm doing. That is a great match. Yeah, it is fantastic. And I'm, that's also sort of in influencing my thinking around um, business school, because I sort of would like oh. to stay to get the rest of the employer. Yeah, because you could do that for three years. And then the and so typically with the, the vesting schedule is it's once you hit three years, all of the money is vested. It's not a rolling vest. So every dollar doesn't have a new wait period. Right, right. I think Seven and a half is very high for a company match. So I would say, I think it's worth considering staying and then maybe going to grad school, you know, right when you turn 30. And I call it grad school MBA program when you hit 30, because then you would have, I mean, it's a great match, especially with your income, right? So, I mean, it's a significant amount of money they'll be putting away for you. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I've sort of been thinking about as well. And you know, I sort of was holding myself to this arbitrary timeline of needing to go to grad school, and I've released myself from those expectations. So I'm thinking a little bit differently about timing and like when it makes sense to go to grad school, if at all, and um, factoring these sorts of decisions into my thinking too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you could always, I mean, I'm not an expert on MBA programs, but I would imagine if you apply next year, then you're almost two years into this role, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could always get in and maybe defer a year. Right. Have some flexibility there to hit to hit your match. Um, yeah, that's fantastic because then that this gets your savings ratio over 20%, which is then a big – I mean, you were at 20% before, so now we're over 20%. That's exactly yeah. Retirement. And, and you're at a higher income. Exactly. So you increased your retirement percentage you're saving and you increased 
your salary, which is fantastic. Yes. I feel like I'm trying to sort of catch up a little bit from my early 20s when I was not saving. I know I'm still relatively young. Um, yeah, you're just 27. You're still... I know. <laughs> I know, I know. My goal is to have my retirement income hit 50K by the end of next year. And right now, in total, I've got about $28,000 saved between my work plan and then my IRAs. Okay. Um, so we'll yeah, see how that, that would be fantastic if you could hit 50K in your retirement. And then if you did that next year, you would be 27. You'd just be 28. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you wait two more years, potentially, not to say it, you know, MBA programs are we talked about this, it's like the return on the investment it could definitely help you increase your salary. But yeah, if you hung in there another two years with your, in, with your income, that would make a big difference. It's just see what we, what it works out to be here. They give you seven and a half percent. So you're at 22 and a half percent on 90,000. It's 20, you're putting in 20,000, well, 20,250 a year going in. So two more years working there would be another 40,000. Whoa. Yeah, that it's huge. That's huge. I had not done that calculation. Yeah, so you could basically go from having fifty thousand next year, and if you stay with this because you're because wait, there's like a few factors that are making the difference. One that the match is higher, mm-hmm. and so that's great. But then also, additionally, your income over the course of basically a year has gone. You start. I think you were at fifty five thousand right before you talked to me last year. Yep. Your income's gone from fifty-five thousand to ninety thousand. So just to give you, we'll we'll run the numbers. So with, um, and I know my father would kill me if he knew I was using a calculator. Just wanted to point that out. But ninety thousand times twenty-two and a half percent is twenty thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. So right, two years of that would be forty thousand. Now you have to stay. The caveat, right? You have to stay for three years at the company to get that to keep all that money. But if you are at $55,000 with the, with the 22 and a half percent, that's great, but that's 12,000. Right. It's a, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. It goes from having 24,000 in it to 40,000 just because of your income, because you've increased your income so much. So yeah, I would say with 90,000, even if your salary doesn't go up and you stay there for three years and you get this 22 and a half percent match, um, that's sixty thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars without any market return. That's just the dollars going in. Wow. Mm-hmm. And because what do you currently have saved right now? Um, overall for retirement, twenty-eight thousand. Yeah, twenty-eight thousand. So I actually think you could be close to a hundred thousand by the time you turn thirty. That's kind of my goal. Okay. <laughs> in retirement, you know, like overall net worth is different, but at least in like retirement income, I'd love to have a hundred K by 30. That would be, I think that would be phenomenal. And I think it would be worth delaying grads or MBA program. I keep, sorry, I keep saying grad school, but I think it'd be worth delaying an MBA program for a year to make sure that you get to keep all that money. Cause it's such a large sum. And because you can get it by the time you're 30, cause then if you could get a hundred thousand into your retirement accounts, by the age of 30, then we'll just do this. You know, I love my compounding of interest yeah. examples. You're doubling so, every seven years. Doubling every, yeah, we'll, we'll even be um, a little bit less generous. So we'll say that it doubles every 10 years. So it's only earning an average of 7.2% at that at that rate. So then basically at 30, you have 100,000. Then at 40, you have 200,000. And then at 50, you have 400,000. And then at 60, you have 800,000. And then at 70, if all of this 
compounding works out in our favor, you would have 1.6 million. Wow. I think it's worth deferring your MBA for a year to get three years in and get the full, get the mat, get, you know, be contributing, you know, 20,000 a year for three years and make sure you get to keep all the money when you leave the company that you don't lose out on the match, that you get the whole hundred percent. I totally agree. I do have a question about one of my IRAs. So when I left my previous organization at the end of December, um, I transferred all of those funds into a rollover IRA with um, the institution where I have my Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Um, And those funds were pre-tax funds. Um, And so I have not, I've been thinking about doing a Roth conversion um, I've got about $8,500 in the ro- rollover IRA and $14,600 in my Roth. And so I was just wondering what your thoughts on, on whether now is a good time to do a Roth conversion. I think I remember hearing you advise your sister to do the yeah. conversion sort of like when she was in grad school because the she wouldn't so have would- income, the tax would be lower. Exactly. Yeah. So you're on the right, having it in your back pocket of like, when should you convert is a good idea. I would definitely not do it now. You're in a very high tax bracket. So even though you're work from home, I'm I'm imagining you're still playing New York City taxes. The interesting thing about New York City is if you, your company is there and you go there for work, New York City then taxes you. And then New Jersey taxes you because you live in New Jersey. And then you're paying New York State tax. And then... Yep. Yeah, there's like a lot of people who have your their hands in your pocket. So I would definitely not do it now because you're in a really high income bracket. Okay. But because going back and getting an MBA is something that is in your future right now, I would do it then. That would be the time when you. So let's just say you let's say you stay at this company and you like it and you're gonna get this great retirement. Um benefit and you stay there until you're 30 we'll just say you stay there till you're 30 you stay there a little over three years and then the the fall of your 30th after your 30th birthday you go to an mba program so then for those two years was when i would convert some of the monies from ira into roth okay that makes sense in theory you would have you know you would have saved money to help pay for school but you won't have any income for those two years mm-hmm. exactly Okay, that's helpful and it's sort of along the lines that I was thinking of, but helpful to have that confirmation. Yeah, so yeah, keep it in your back pocket as like something to consider, but right now you're in a high you know, you're a high income earner. So you're paying a lot in tax. So I wouldn't do it now, especially since we think you're gonna do an MBA program in the future. And and then, you know, obviously the year that let's say you you resign your position, we'll just say in June. So you have six months of earnings. So you make 45,000 that year, but the following year you'd have a total zero year, right? Cause you'd be in school the whole tax year. Mm-hmm. So then you could do a bulk of it. Then you could do some, a little bit of it when you're in an income year where you have 45, because then the hope is when you come out of your, your MBA program, that maybe you increase your, maybe then at that point you're at 110 or 120,000 of salary. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I, so I wouldn't make any changes to that now. Okay, great. And then in terms of like, I have the monies in both of my, my IRA and my Roth IRA invested in the same target date fund. And I'm just wondering, is that in your opinion, diversified enough or should I further diversify 
the funds that I'm investing in within each of those accounts. So the targeted fund, I like to call them the autopilot funds. So mm-hmm. essentially you pick the year you're going to retire or like, right. I mean, it's yeah. a long, a long way away, but you pick something, I guess, out to like 2050, I would guess. Yeah, I think 2055. 2055. Okay. So that means that basically it's going to be more aggressively invested now and it should be made up of multiple funds. So it should be diversified in the inside of that fund. Like you should have multiple investments, even though it just says the one name, but it should be made up of more than one uh, mutual fund or more than one ETF when you dig down deeper. And so essentially what it will do is it will become less aggressive as we get closer to your future retirement date. But for now it should be more aggressive because we have time, right? So we want to be more aggressive since we have more time on our hands. I would look at the performance of it and just see if you feel like it's done a good job. Um, So for instance, year to date, it probably hasn't made very much money. Hopefully it's coming back close Mm -hmm. to even um, just because the market took a huge hit in March with the COVID. Um, You know, the global pandemic made the market very nervous. And then I would also look to see like, how did it do last year? See what the returns are and just make sure that you're happy with how the performance has been. And if you're not happy with it, meaning that you look at it and you say, well, you know, last year was a positive year and it didn't return as much as I think it should have given the risk we're taking. Mm -hmm. You can look through the menu of choices and you can look through what the other investment options are and see if there's any there. But I definitely like it's important. I normally recommend that it's important to be diversified. So depending on how much money's in the account, you want to have one to two funds. If you're in a target date fund, just remember that that is usually comprised of multiple funds. So it's not just one investment. Okay. Because you don't want to over diversify. You you know, there's a, there's a fine line. You don't want to pick five target date funds, right? Because inside of them might actually be five funds. So now there's 25. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So what it's sounding like is that maybe I should stick with the same target date fund, or if I'm not liking the performance, look for another one, but keep all of the monies in the same target date fund because they should be diversified within themselves. Yes, exactly. And then if you're not happy with it, then I could, you could look through and say, okay, I'm going to pick, you know, target date fund is made up of five funds. I'm not happy with the the ones they've compiled. I'm going to pick my own five. But yeah, you don't want to diversify amongst the target date funds. You don't want to pick like four target date funds. One target date fund with your target retirement is ideal. And if you're not happy with that, then you can look through the menu of choices and pick another selection. But the the target date ones are usually popular because they've gone through and kind of selected, they pre-selected them for you based on your, um, your age and how long you're going to have in the market. Great. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I like to call them the autopilot ones yeah it's helpful to know that they're just adjusting as they go and I don't need to do anything but keep contributing exactly it makes it much easier that's why they're that is why they are popular and you see them often a lot in the 401k plans as well yes my workplace 401k I'm also in a target date fund it's a it's a different one but um a different brand right so it's a different just brand a, yes yeah. but a yeah. similar 2055 target date fund that I picked. Yeah. So what you can do is you can kind of look at the, I would look at the performance between the two, but they should both be named brands. And if you're with the name brand, like for instance, Fidelity, uh, Vanguard, all the names that you know, they're usually, they usually do a good job with the target date funds. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm with, my IRAs are with Fidelity. Oh, perfect. Okay. (laughs) 
Yep. So name brand is always, always a good, good choice. And then you just want to check the performance and make sure you're happy with it. Because obviously with the numbers we're talking about with the compounding of interest, we're saying that you're averaging 7.2% compounding, which means, you know, in an up year, you want to look to see that it's done better because like, for instance, a 2020 year might be a down year. So, right. You want to play the average. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it sounds like everything is going really well. Yeah, so far it's going well. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. My expenses are still very low. I'm still saving probably close to 60% of my total monthly net income. Between... You're, like my, you're like my poster child. I love I love <laughs> this. I love it. Um, honestly, it just makes me happy to like look and see that I have money in the bank. It makes me feel secure, especially in times like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'd say my next goals are like working towards a one year's worth of emergency fund. Okay. Um, right now I've got about four and a half months. Okay. Um, so I want to have 36000 or so saved for an emergency fund. Okay. Um, I'm also thinking about beginning to save for a house down payment in like the next five years, maybe. Um, I was going to say, that would be like the next progression for you. Yeah, but if you save that much for an emergency fund, that is a great foundation for buying for a house because you are so disciplined with your saving, which is, I think, step one of getting prepared for a house because it's a big commitment. And having a good emergency fund is critical with the home purchase. So once you get to that emergency fund, you could just transfer what you had been saving towards saving for a down payment. That's kind of what I was thinking about as well. That's what I would do. Great. Okay. Yeah, I think those are my next goals. And then, you know, eventually I want to think about investing for wealth. But right now I have so many other savings goals and I feel like I'm on track with my investing for retirement that I'm just going to high yield savings accounts for the time being. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to really give you kudos because not only did you get the raise, but you have, you're working with a company that's going to give you a great match. And so like, you're just taking advantage of every single thing you can to get you to the next level. And by, if you can get, which I think is a hundred percent attainable, but if you get to a hundred thousand by the time you're 30 in your retirement accounts, I mean, you're really setting yourself up for success. So even if you didn't save another dollar, you'll probably have enough, you know, well, cause you're such a good budgeter, but I mean, if the compounding of interest works and we could potentially talk in, I guess it would be like 40 years. I'll probably, hopefully I'll still be around. Um, <laughs> but you should have over a million dollars by that point. That's the just, goal. Just from your savings in your twenties, not from anything else, not from like, if you bought a home, if you continue to save, right. All the other things that you'll do. Wow. That's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. Know that I'm on the right track. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, you really are like the example because you're saving, you're, you're doing everything right. And you're making all these sacrifices now while you're young and they will pay you big, big dividends later on in life. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. That. Great. Great job. I was like really excited to talk to you to see how it was going. So I'm like really pumped that you got an, I can't believe you got another raise. Yes, I know. Awesome. It's absurd. Um, but no, it's incredible. So yeah, this is, this is great. Um, so keep up the, the good work. So I, I like the idea of maybe postponing the MBA program just so that you can like lock in this vesting schedule for yourself. Um, cause I don't, I don't think the MBA program doing it one year later would make a huge difference. Not really. I don't uh, think since you're, since you're doing so well financially, I don't think it would. 
make a difference if you started at 29 versus started at 30. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming back on and giving everyone an update. This is a great update. Thank you so much for having me back and would love to be back maybe in the next year or so to share where things are then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely like that. So um, for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram. That's where you can get the most update information about what we have going on. And we have two free classes online, which are partnered with SUNY Ulster. And you can find them at www.financial.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.